1: Hi and hello, football fans. Dave Damashek here. Be sure you check out my podcast, the Dave Damaschek Football Program, as we dive into the NFL from a fans' and players' perspective. See if you can guess which one I am. Also, be sure to listen to the Around the NFL podcast to keep up with the latest football news and move the sticks with former NFL scout Daniel Jeremiah. It's so good, you're guaranteed to be a smarter football fan. Go to nfl.com podcasts and subscribe on iTunes today. The Around the NFL podcast features Chris Wessling's time machine.
3: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal.
2: What's up, boys?
3: Hey, Dan. What is this time machine
4: talk? The
2: reference is lost on me. What helped me out?
4: I think that might be the reference. Most of my references
5: are to 1970s and (laughs) 1980s. Okay, well done, somebody. All right. It's it's too bad, Dan, by the way, you missed. Of course, last week I controversially started the show without you. That not, you missed
3: Not your best moment.
5: <laughs> no, I, th- I think it was one of my favorite moments yeah. in show history. Yeah. Uh, you missed a great uh, money drop, which was that around the NFL podcast is looking forward to the next Rosenthal family vacation. I really like that. <laughs> that would, yeah,
3: I mean, if, if the show <laughs> had been started properly, we could have really all enjoyed that together. What a great money drop that was. Uh, big news, by the way, this came down from, you want to talk about shadowy league figures this from an email corporate bot called nfl hyphen administration at ten thirty-two a.m uh to all personnel landed everyone that has an email account with the nfl monthly mvp winners for the month of april marron out of the los angeles office christopher wessling the old Zeuser and Mark Sessler, <laughs> and you know, a lot of people would say, the "Room's
5: well, going crazy."
3: Yeah, why bring you know why why bring this to light? It's some silly internal, uh, you know, pat on the head from you know big football. Uh, but I I see it as a great achievement and uh, really something you it's now in the first paragraph of our obituaries. It is <laughs> yeah, April 2016 <laughs> NFL Media MVP of the month.
5: It's a big honor. I mean, part of Mark's obituary, I guess, would be two-time MVP. That's always been a, a yeah. running subplot. That never felt right down on the floor that that Mark was an MVP winner. Uh, and now you guys can share the where are you guys going to celebrate? <laughs> oh, I was I was thinking Cancun, maybe
3: somewhere. I'm not happy about this.
5: Do you have I'm any? Not, I mean, what took so long? Do you have any speech?
3: True. Sure. What took so long? I'd like to, Greg, <clears throat> you are our superior. I'm I'm assuming you nominated us for this?
5: That's true. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, well, well, Greg, man, is I retract the real my then. statement. What the- Why don't we hand the floor over to you and you explain how valuable we are? <laughs> you are the three most valuable people at the entire company. You know, you provide what? Like 80% of the written content practically on this website while pumping out podcasts and it's videos true. and Whew. It not, all checks out. Not bad to look at either. You know?
2: <laughs> feels wrong that whoever is above Greg in the food chain isn't equally pushing for Greg to be on this list. I mean, why did Greg Ooh, need to be left off?
3: Mm,
5: Greg, you might have to take it up with your boss. That's true. I'm a no-time MVP still for you. Wow. Ago. That seems... <laughs> still, still trying to... Your time out. will come, Greg. Just <laughs> hang they also there. nominated
2: roughly 87 people <laughs> in the New York office, so I'm not sure that it's the equivalent of Cam Newton taking the trophy home.
3: Greg, if there's if there's one thing I want you to be able to have the feeling <laughs> that I have right now, the, the the warmth, and I believe there's a gift card coming, guys. That's the rumor. There's the a coin too, and a coin,
4: and a case. I'm not sure what the case is for. Wow. I hope it's beer. Wow! You <laughs> have to hold
5: your coin. Oh! And uh, put before
3: before we get into uh, today's show, which I give a pre grade of A minus. Whoa! Whoa! Um, I want to uh, apologize. To Chris Wesley, who, um, you know, I stated on last week's show that he does not change his opinion on anything. And um, that was before there was an IM in our uh, IM client that we use that will go nameless um, because it's run by garbage people. Uh, Wes said, I've come around. I love the new Kanye West album. I've changed my opinion. And he pointed out that's evidence and proof that I am not someone that's too stubborn to change my mind on things. So I apologize, Wes. And I'm glad that you're enjoying the new Yeezy.
4: I've always appreciated his musical talent, which is exceptional. It's just that I think he's a bad human being. Yeah.
5: he Has that changed? No. Can separate the art from the art. So wait, yeah. what's what's changed? Bangers top to bottom. You always appreciated
2: his music, and now you're continuing to appreciate his music. You thought he was a garbage person. You still think he's a garbage person. So what was the dramatic shift I, that we're hearing about? I thought the album was a
4: little overhyped, and I you know I went and listened to it, and now he's on I enjoy it. it.
3: You thought it was like Annie Apple <laughs> overhyped? <laughs> wow. Thought it was like
4: anytime <laughs> wow. Kanye West does anything, he gets a lot of hype. Yeah. All right. That is true.
3: And But what about the guts of that statement I made, the apology? Do you accept it? I do. I okay. think that's very big of you. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, this is the Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, uh, sponsored by no one. <laughs> so you got three MVPs on the dais right now, and you can't get a sponsorship. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, great show today. Um, I like this. We're going to do a segment a little later today. Um, called is it time to freak out about and then slide it in about we're going to kind of focus on some NFC teams maybe we'll do AFC teams later in the week we, uh, we have a lot of as as you know Mark we're doing seven shows this week
2: <laughs> yeah I mean if we don't get to it don't freak out yeah
1: relax yeah
3: is it time to freak out about and we'll go through all picks some uh, NFC teams about that might have an issue Uh, that, you know, maybe it's time to freak out about it, or maybe it's not. Maybe, for instance, Wes will say it's time to freak out about, and then he'll go through a whole whole spiel, and then Greg will say something to kind of go at Wes, and Wes will be like, you know what? My opinion initially was was Mm. freak out, but you're right. (laughs) I'm with you now. That's now possible in my mind.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Anything's possible. It's all on the
3: table. Everything's in play. It's like the world, now that that I'm an MVP – I see things differently.
5: Old
2: waffling wesling, <laughs> Waffling West. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, so we're going to do that. We're going to go through, uh, talk about nine or 10 teams that uh, perhaps have a fatal flaw as we inch, and I mean inch towards the 2016 regular season. And we'll also do the news. And there's some stuff to get to in the news. Um, but before we do that, check behind the glass. The Irishman out of the office today. That, I mean, is it a put-down-the-chisels moment that he took a day off? I'm not going to go that far, but we're all here on a Monday.
5: Well, I think he has some family concerns, you know, as you bury him.
2: <laughs> yeah, we our best wishes to uh, Brandon. <laughs> Good job, Dan
3: um all right thanks guys uh but in his place in the in the big chair is Sully what's up buddy
6: what's up fellas Sully no
3: one of the great characters of NFL media
6: <laughs> maybe uh I could finally get my name on the uh,
3: NFL reddit page on the side I'm not, I'm not listening oh wow what is your by the way what is your Twitter handle so everyone knows at Sullyval Sullival Sully Vol, he is um a, a, a tremendously interesting man that <laughs> Last time he works in in this convoluted, you have to work for like seven months and they make you disappear for five months. Last time Sully was here last year, after he left, he just went and followed the Tennessee Volunteers football team for months.
6: Uh, pretty much uh, went back to college. Good life. Like you was, lived in nice. your own
3: old frat house, didn't you?
6: Pretty much. So the yeah.
4: Tennessee football program, program is like your version of Fish Yeah.
6: (laughs) Well, no, I I would say all over the South people travel no matter what the mileage is like
5: your life. Sounds like like the idea behind a Judd Apatow movie or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you're like kind of like not ready to grow up. But then a girl, (laughs) you meet a girl (laughs) and it makes you kind of see the the man that you could be. I could see that all happening. Oh, dear. dear. Uh, Let's do some news.
0: I'm so relieved to be speaking to a graduating class from Ole Miss. If I were speaking in Alabama, I would have to use smaller words and shorter sentences.
3: <laughs> we will be getting into a commencement speech a little later. Was that Vince McMahon? That
6: was Brokaw. That was Brokaw. Oh. Oh. I
5: recognize that. that
6: Anytime I could fit a Bama joke in anywhere, yeah, I'm none of us for know it.
3: what that what that dig was about.
2: Is It's all like. It's all Bama. SEC. SEC, 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 SEC stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, That's late stage
5: Brokaw, by the way. You can tell. Well, I mean, I think we could figure out with the context what it was about. It's, yeah. always s- yeah, it's always funny exactly. to hear. people stupid. It's always funny to Southern
4: states calling each other stupid.
3: <laughs> wow, yes. Turning your back. Hot takes. On the Bermuda Triangle, the NFL. I spot. love
5: the
4: South, but come on, we're not looking to them for the best educational programs in the country. I don't know. Let's not get into the news,
3: guys. guys. The Buffalo Bills uh, took Shaq Lawson, the Clemson uh, pass rusher, with the 19th overall pick in the NFL draft. He had a shoulder issue that – uh, got red flagged at the Combine. Uh, but the Bills were very confident that Lawson would be able to play without a problem as a rookie, that he would, if he needed surgery, it wouldn't be till after the season. And then guess what happens? On Monday, it's announced that by the team that Lawson will undergo surgery on his right shoulder. Uh, Rap sheet reported that he's likely to begin training camp on the pup list, and that could carry over to the regular season, which would mean, what, he would miss at least half the year uh, if that happened. Uh, The decision to undergo surgery was made after Lawson had a, quote, occurrence of the condition Uh, last week. The Bills were in heavy spin zone, Greg. uh, When this went down, the news release, uh, they made sure to call it a preventive measure, and Doug Welly lauded Shaq Lawson for being a team player by getting this done. But that's all putting lipstick on a pig, isn't it?
5: It was so strange the way they worded the releases Basically, trying to distract everyone from the fact that we just drafted this guy who we said a week ago would not need shoulder surgery and he needs shoulder surgery. And if they knew that he was going to have this surgery and the early reports are a four to six month injury, uh, he wouldn't have gotten taken number 19 overall. That's absolutely true.
2: And I think, you know, I wonder if they would have taken Reggie Raglan over him if that was the case. I mean, Doug Whaley is one of the rare GMs that completely whiffed on a first round quarterback and is still employed. At the same place. And I don't I, I, if there was a book about this Bills team, I don't think I'd want to read it, but I'd like to read the chapter <laughs> about what happened behind this repick. who lobbied the hardest for this. And you mentioned downstairs and they knew that the red flags were out there and they just bypassed it and picked them. It was
3: – and and Whaley was so high – Teflon Doug, I call him, was so high on this pick that he was giving interviews last week or where he was saying that the Bills were going to have three guys, three rookies starting. He said that Shaq Lawson was going to, quote, walk off the bus as a starter. So this obviously blindsided them. And I, I like to what you're saying, Mark. Doesn't it feel like, like five years from now we're going to look at – uh, Teflon, Doug, and Rex Ryan. This regime, and we're going to laugh that anybody took this franchise wow. seriously.
2: Wow! I mean, Doesn't going it feel hard. like this it's, is not? It's I mean, shaping up that way. If you wanted to look at last year, could not
5: have been more of a train wreck. Well, look. I mean, if he gets back in the middle of the season and he's a decent player, it's not the end of the world. It's just that they were basing it clear. They were basing their pick clearly on information that was wrong. We saw reports that a lot of teams took him off their board and the Bills obviously disagreed with that and they proved to be wrong. They're very thin at that position too. I was trying to come up with for our projected starter series NFL.com dot com slash starters. How about that?
6: Well played. Uh
5: who is gonna come who's gonna step in for Lawson? And the options are, you know, they kind of Either Manny Lawson's playing outside linebacker, but basically when you're looking at linemen, it's it's guys like I.K. and Impale, your old pal, oh, no. or, or other players that really have no that guy experience. That can't play. And this is a team that used to be very deep Good on punch. the defensive line. Now I think they're, they're very thin, and they need these two rookies, including Washington, to come up
3: You big. know who agrees with me, by the way? Vic Carucci of the Buffalo News. Usually a mild-mannered man. Uh, tweeted out after the news, this is a major embarrassment for Whaley, Rex Ryan, and the Bills football decision makers. Plenty of questions to answer for ownership. I just think it's a, a terrible look, and it just speaks to the dysfunction that's been around that franchise in the last several years. Wes?
4: I agree with everything you said, Dan.
3: And more bad news, guys, for the Bills. Surfacing just as we are talking about the Bills, a report out there from Tyler Dunn uh, that multiple team sources are telling Dunn that Sammy Watkins has broken his foot, so he suffered a broken foot. That, of course, was Whaley's major um, power play last year in the draft when he gave up a whole bunch of picks to uh, move, move up to get Sammy Watkins, envisioning him as the heart of their offense. And you never want to hear broken foot with a skill player. So you want to talk about a bad day uh, in Orchard Park, Marron. A lot of bad omens here for the Buffalo Bills 2016 season.
4: And then you have also the contract with Tyrod Taylor hanging over their heads. There's a lot going on here. It doesn't seem like it's going to be their year. Well, it's early. It's I think it's too early to say that.
5: It's a bad day. In well, May. I
4: already didn't think they were better than a 500 team, and now you got all this information coming up. I,
5: I think their starting lineups on both sides of the ball are, is pretty talented overall. But that's it's including Sammy Watkins. And one part where you can say that's not true is wide receiver, because after Watkins, their their starter is Robert Woods and after woods their number 3 receiver is probably Leonard Hankerson Thank who was you. on a couple teams last year like like that is a very very thin wide receiver group so losing Watkins and we have no idea the report just came out how serious it is uh, but any level of broken foot is pretty serious, and, and who knows? Who knows how it happened? I mean,
2: if you, we talked about run-heavy teams emerging this offseason. The Bills, if they lose Watkins,
5: they have got they are deep at running back, very deep, and they may have to run the ball a ton. I thought Carlos Williams was awesome last year. You have McCoy. You have all five starting offensive linemen, including two pro bowlers, or three pro bowlers, returning for the first time in 20 years in Buffalo. So they do have some things good going for them on offense, but a lot of questions. Zach Mettenberger,
3: no longer employed with the Tennessee Titans. Our next news item, uh, the team released the quarterback who was a sixth-round draft pick from 2014, the same Zach Mettenberger, of course, that the organization um, once internally la- uh, labeled a, quote, poor man's Tom Brady. However, uh, Zach Mettenberger never really proved to be anything other than the prototypical big guy with a big arm, a uh, scattershot thrower, Six five two twenty four only takes you so far. Uh, he had a total quarterback rating of sixteen point five in his career. That's the worst of any QB with at least ten starts since the stat uh, was uh, created in two thousand six. So historically bad start to his career, uh, and now it is over at least with the Titans.
4: He lost his job to the guy who lost his job to Kellen Moore. The Titans decided they'd rather have the washed up version of Matt Cassel. Than Zach Mettenberger, which is as damning
5: as you can get in 2016. Team Mettenberger, of which I was definitely on a couple of years ago, and saw a lot of things his rookie year that I liked. I think the number one defense that that Team Mettenberger would have at this point is he did not, you know, fit this offense. He was drafted in another offense, and he, and he's clearly a guy that's not going to be a great great player. And if he is going to have success at the NFL level, it's going to be with a specific type of team in offense and it's going to happen. I guess for you, he's things.
4: not going to have success at the NFL level. I mean, you can make excuses for him, but the guy has he entered the NFL with a late career, Drew Bledsoe skill set. Way too slow in the pocket, <laughs> way too slow in every movement he does yeah. and way too inaccurate.
2: I was also on so-called Team Mettenberger. Well, yeah, I just made that up. I mean, it- well, no, but it's out there because there was a lot of like, oh, I won this one this morning on Twitter. A lot of nonsense <laughs> well, going on.
3: For those that don't remember, a little t- way back machine, last August, Mark was high on Zach Mettenberger.
2: Very high. Dear Mr. Farmer, I'm writing you today because <laughs> it's time to make a bold statement. <laughs> one that will change the fortunes of the Cleveland Browns today and forever what kind of statement it is time to trade for a quarterback your quarterback of the future and i have just the guy zach mettenberger (laughs) the freaky big arm six foot five live wire down in tennessee look some don't like his game but i see growth i see the makings of an afc north type arm ready to do battle you wanted marcus mariota you wanted sam bradford those ships have sailed the good ship (laughs) mettenberger though sits on the docks (laughs) Ready to travel. This, Mr. Farmer, is your Ron Wolf moment. Pick up the phone, make the call. Ron Wolf! Do not hesitate. <laughs> Change Cleveland forever. <laughs> and guess what? I was wrong. I also remember who they had at quarterback at that time, which was literally nobody. I think. A, that- fresh, from, a fresh from rehab, Johnny Manziel, and Josh McCown. So I wanted, well, they, they they I wanted them initially. What I wanted them initially to free. do was to go trade for a guy like Mike Glennon, and that was all, that ship had sailed. And yes, I jumped on Mettenberger, and I was absolutely dead wrong. And I am now going to keep track of everything that is said <laughs> by everyone on this podcast, and get with the producers before every show to have it aired audibly you know. for everyone to realize that if you're going to comment on football. 365 days a year, you're going to be wrong about some things. Now we're keeping score.
3: He's right. I do want to point out, because, Mark, it's important you know this, that I forgot that this ever happened, but three people reminded me of it. Oh, I know. Before 10 a.m. this morning. This was
2: my award for getting into work at 6.30 a.m. and half our office playing at loud volume. It wasn't me. I got (laughs) it. Don't throw behind the glass. You Under are definitely bus. involved. Never <laughs> <long>. <laughs> I have everyone is going to go down in a rain of fire. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The only, oh, no. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to remember of that
4: letter is that you gave us the phrase good ship Mettenberger. <laughs> <laughs> Which has sunk.
5: Well, they could claim Actually, What it wasn't. They Whoa. could claim them off waivers. He can still join the team. Well, the we'll only him, the please.
3: only the only place you really went off there, and you know, you're just trying to make it entertaining, was the Ron Wolf moment thing. Yes, well, sh- t- changed Cleveland forever. <laughs> changed Cleveland forever. But that was all window dressing. It felt like at the time it, there was logic to it, but ultimately Mettenberger was, you know, deeply flawed as a passer. Well, well,
2: well one thing, any the, if there were two camps to Mettenberger, I do think that the the people that were on his side lost a lot of steam, specifically last season. And, Wes, you from the very beginning never liked what you saw with Mettenberger. You were dead on. But I thought that there were things about him in his rookie year, and he was a rookie, and I'm not one who wants to judge rookie quarterbacks after four or five games. I did like some stuff, and you, not right. You had
5: Gre- you had two smart people in your camp, Greg Cosell and Greg Rosenthal. The Gregs, Rod Jaworski. The big spot. I mean, Rod Jaworski said something like he thought Mettenberger was going to have a better career um, – than some of the other guys that were drafted. But this is a weakness of
4: Jaws and Cosell, that they always fall for... Big, statuesque, and by statuesque, I mean the way they move. Right. Pocket passers with big (laughs) arms. They also loved Brandon Whedon. Right. And I'm sure
3: they love Christian Hackenberg.
4: I'm I'm sure they love
5: Mike Glennon, too. I think Mm -hmm. they did absolutely love Glennon. I think the thing they liked about Mettenberger is he would show anticipation. He would make some tough throws where he had to anticipate. I mean, you're saying we're absolutely wrong. Who knows? Would it shock me if Mettenberger has a decent career as a backup? It's always like whenever we're wrong about something, we're so – we feel bad about it. We want to go the whole other way. He's still just two years into his career. I'm not saying he's going to have a great starting career, but if he winds up in the right situation and be, be, is an okay eight-year NFL backup, that wouldn't surprise me. That would shock me.
3: He'll, he is he is too flawed. Most likely, he'll be most remembered for a one-sided feud with J.J. Watt. That's my prediction. That's, You're
5: right. that's, <laughs> well. That's fair. That's absolutely true.
3: Uh, moving on, Tom Coughlin um, involved with a kind of a strange parting of ways with the Giants uh, earlier this year, where. After winning two Super Bowls and you know being the coach there for over a decade, they moved on from Coughlin but kept all of his staff and elevated his offensive coordinator to head coach. So, Tom, some issues with the Giants. But he doesn't want to give up. That's not how he wants to end it. He told Peter King, a Monday, Monday morning quarterback on Sunday night, I've coached 47 years of my life. You take it away, and that's not an easy thing to duplicate. Coughlin added that his, quote, motor is starting to run again. He's going to be 70 years old. Um, is he the type of coach, Mark, I'll ask you, that you would be okay with a team, uh, your team, uh, hiring next year if you needed a coach?
2: If you were in a floor-just-fell-out scenario and you had a kind of team that could overachieve with, with, with the right kind of coach, Coughlin, to me, would be a good guy to get in to cease chaos. If an organization is just utterly chaotic and needed someone to come in and kind of clean it up, and hand it off to someone else a few years later. Yes, I would sign off on Coughlin. So I agree. It has to be the right job.
5: Se- Seventy years old should be a factor. Like you're not supposed to be ageist, but it's one His of birthday's the birthdays
6: in August, so he's gonna be seventy-one going into next season. Right, Ooh, and that's awesome. I, yeah,
5: that's not. It doesn't mean that you can't hire him, uh, but I think that's a factor. I, I think it's one of the hardest jobs possible and it, it's a young man's profession I, and NFL coaches obviously guys like Carroll and Belichick you can have success later in your career but I, I don't know I think he's why- one of the
4: best coaches in the world Dick LeBeau's 78 years old and still
2: doing good things with the Titans I think it's it's not so much about age if you're right 95% of 70-year-olds are too old to coach, but there is that subset where his energy is there. He's still plugged in. I, I guess it, for the right owner, maybe you know, if it's a three-, four-year deal, you don't that,
3: really care about the age. It, makes, it reminds me of um, with the Yankees when Joe Torre first took the job, and he was not a young man, but he was a guy that had some energy. But then by the end of his run, you know, this is around 2007, he'd be slumped in the dugout, and you'd wonder if he was even alive. Like <laughs> Someone would have to nudge him, like, Joe, get up, wake up. And you could tell some guys lose that kind of edge as they age. But Coughlin is like he, – he comes from a military background or – and he he's very fit. He goes to he loves going to the gym so much. He goes to the Giants' facility even after they fired him. He seems like he's got the pep in his step. I think he'll get another job.
4: You're describing a weekend at Bernie scenario here, where they got to prop him up on <laughs> the sideline and wheel him out. I
6: think he could be the uh, Bill Snyder of the NFL. I mean, he's Bill sta- Snyder's still at K State. <laughs> he's started seventy-six. As,
5: he started his NFL coaching go. career more than twenty years ago, though. I don't you want to shoot for a uh, a guy that's gonna have his best years with you. I, I mean, I think, I think the Jaguars got his best years. This is
2: ageism. Well, but so sure. many young guys blow up and do nothing either. And so it's like you
5: with Coughlin, You, if you needed a known quantity for a short amount of time, I think he's a safe bet. It's interesting the Giants got rid of him and they didn't get rid of anyone else. And it's interesting the, the reports that we heard about his interviews immediately after losing his job. And maybe that was just timing. But, you know, the, the kind of scuttlebutt was that his interviews with the the Eagles was a mess that he just talked the whole, you know, that that it was all about he wanted to sort of get back at the Giants. And it, maybe it was just he wasn't <laughs> focused there in that moment. But I don't know. You got to look at the motivation, motivation for the right reasons to come back.
3: Moving on, wave goodbye to the Hain plane. The San Francisco 49ers announced Sunday that running back Jared Hain has retired from the NFL and will pursue playing rugby in the Olympics. Um, Hain had insisted this offseason – uh, that he was preparing to battle for the playing time in the Niners' backfield. Uh, the National Rugby League star in Australia uh, said that he plans to try out for the Fiji Rugby Sevens Olympic team, which is um, a big deal uh, in that war- in that angle of the uh, sports world, or that area of the sports world. Uh, Haynes <laughs> signed with the 49ers last year. He appeared in eight games, compiled 17 rushing attempts for 52 yards, Uh, had issues with uh, ball security, 28 years old, uh, bounced around practice squad and roster, never really was able to make anything of it in his first year of San Francisco. And we'll never know if the Hain plane could hack it, or maybe we do know we learned it in his one year.
4: I think that shows – I mean, he wasn't – even if he stayed with the 49ers, he wasn't going to have a big role. It shows how hard it is to make it in the NFL if you've never
2: played before. This is one of the best rugby players in history, right? Right. Yep. Certainly looked like a he was an exciting athlete to watch, but that doesn't that's different than well,
5: being a, an experienced football the, player. He made the team. I mean, you could argue the other way. He made the team in his first year. I mean, that's something. If if you're a fifth round rookie, that's an achievement. So, if and that was his first year. I think he had a decent chance to make the team this year. I think he had a pretty good chance was the general thought around the 49ers. Who knows what kind of role he would have had. Maybe his upside was just as a relatively low-level role player for 3 to 4 years and he saw that and he saw another sport it's, where he could be so a man. what I'm saying,
4: the best rugby player in the world is the 53rd best player on his
3: own roster. It, it was absolutely the right decision, you would think. I mean, it, it's very there are parallels to the Michael Jordan going to baseball. Failing there for a year, and then realizing I'm too gifted in this other sport to walk away from it, so he comes back, and uh, I'm sure people. But Jordan would... was not good at baseball.
5: I give hate. I, when, when yeah, I, I,
3: I think it probably were about the same
4: level, to be honest with uh, you.
5: Hayne made the NFL. I kind of Jordan's w- the
4: same thing though. Like it's phenomenal that a guy who hadn't played baseball in 15 years went straight to Double A and passed rookie ball and single. But a. he
5: only did because he was Michael Jordan, right? He but, did not perform like like a. Good double-A play. Any
4: analysis of Michael Jordan's dalliance with baseball fails if they don't consider that he didn't start in rookie ball or A-ball. Right. That you brought up where college graduates go, like
5: first-round picks go to double-A and that's it. All I mean is it's impressive he could make the team when guys that have been playing running backs their whole life and have been the best player on their high school team, by far the best player on their college team, they can't make NFL rosters and he he did. So he showed something. They have like a
2: designated PR person just like furiously writing announcements about retirements in San Francisco. I mean, can we get out of one off season without half the roster disappearing? Yeah, and I'm glad
3: that, you know, he didn't, you know, do special teams grunt work and get his knee blown out or something. He get he's going to get back to Uh, the sport uh, where he thrived and he's probably going to be the same player. We'll see. We're going to lose track with Jared though. I know a lot of our listeners won't uh, because
5: uh, we have a lot of listeners in Australia um, maybe, maybe he just saw the heat coming from Mo Ritz and was like, there can only be one of these stories every year. Right. Mo I'm
2: being outshined but- by this guy, Mo. Yeah, this <laughs> Adrian Peterson fan. It's everyone out there
3: because I did a lot of umlaut talk last week that are tweeting me, you know, Dan, now that you know that there's an umlaut, you should pronounce it like it has an umlaut as if I'm supposed to know how, what does that mean? You could tell me that there's an umlaut involved. I still don't know how to pronounce it. I, I think people say this
2: guy's an MVP. We wouldn't be shocked if he were bilingual or at least able to pick <laughs> up a second language quickly.
3: I was the MVP in April, remember, not May. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, finally, in the news, Russell Wilson, um, a bit robotic, you could, say, you could argue, but some people, if you want to really get uh, dig in a little bit, will say Russell Wilson can be a little bit phony. A little synthetic. Uh, But I, for one, was impressed by his uh, speech at the University of Wisconsin. He gave a commencement speech. Um, uh, He attended grad school at Wisconsin after graduating from North Carolina State a few years back. And he went back to Wisconsin and uh, showed a, a lighter side, Sully. Of course, I'm also here to share some things
6: I've learned. Things like if you're dating a woman that's way out of your league,
3: ask her to marry you. Well, that's lame. That's <laughs> if lame. you can throw a football 80 yards, for some reason, people think that's pretty cool. And
6: if you're playing New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, and you've got 26 seconds left, and you're down by four, and it's second and goal on their one yard line, try not to throw an interception.
3: <laughs> How about that? Wes, you weren't impressed, though. Polite
4: laughter. Give me a break. It's not funny. <laughs> Russell Wilson should give up the comedy act.
5: I watched the rest of it though, and he did show some personality and more. Give uh, up the comedy,
4: little head. more when human. Has he been a comedian, he's, more human. He's he's about the least likely candidate on earth to be a comedian.
2: <laughs> There's not. He can't go with any flow. Give me a break. Well, wait, thought. do you think he wrote that, or did he have someone write that? I think him. he wrote it. I don't think I that think was even it.
3: comedy. I think it was. He was just showing a like, kind of a that was, was totally sense humor about himself. To,
4: totally intended to get laughs.
3: And it did. It delivered, Wes. He got some polite applause and laughter. Well, I no,
4: I
5: do give him credit because like I – Wes's anti-Russell uh, Wilson <laughs> commencement speech is the most surprising heat of the year. I know. <laughs> He's I, a great quarterback. He's the worst speaker in the league.
3: I honestly think that um, – and if you watch it, did you watch the video at all? No, I did not watch yeah, it. Yeah, watch more of it. He was His body that. language and the way he was kind of presenting himself and he was kind of in a gregarious mood, it seemed like he was being a little more human-like. And you know, Wes, you know me. I've been on Russell Wilson for years now about being uh, you a, know, robot. a phony Beep, robot. Bop, and I, I thought this was uh, Progress.
2: Well, apparently, did anyone here see Entourage the movie? I mean, this guy can act.
3: I made it through about 21 oh, minutes.
2: you did not. I Entourage actually did on an ex a, a very long plane ride where they give you the choice okay. of films. It was like the fourth, I think it was coming back from England, actually, the fourth film I watched. How bad was it? I could not watch it. When the show was out in its heyday, I liked it various episodes, right. and it was a shell of that. So I don't know what, I, did I like it? it? You know, it passed the time.
3: Like when uh, a skinny turtle... <laughs> Whose turtle shows up a lot around our office because he's in like a, a c- celebrity fantasy league, and you know turtle got skinny. Audio listeners missed the air quotes he put on celebrity. Well, <laughs> oh, that was not supposed to be. Heard, <laughs> um, he, you know, when he got skinny, that lost like a, an important aspect of his character, and then like a major subplot is he's like in a dalliance with uh, Ronda Rousey.
2: Yeah, it was a it was very a, intriguing plot line. It was a very in intriguing B or C plot line. To not explain. in real
3: life, in the movie. And he was like a billionaire. Like, there yeah, were so many a, things in the first 20 minutes. He's a minutes. very was like, industrious
2: uh, businessman dating uh, Ronda Rousey. You're trying to. I think you should see it, Dan.
3: I I tried to watch it one night. 20 don't minutes in, I had a shut it. it down. Greg, you should see
4: it. Ronda yeah. Rousey's my neighbor. Really? For real? She lives in Venice Beach. Have you seen her? No. Oh. I don't think we frequent the same places.
6: Before Before we move on, I got a shout-out to give. We were, talking, we were talking Aussie. Some, uh, you think you can just Aussie jump listeners? in
5: with random shout-outs? No, it's not well, random. We were talking first, Jared Haynes. It's first be show my in a li-
6: year. I know. Was, this is my – my,
3: my <laughs> tension between Greg – well, it's one side of Greg at Sully. Is yeah. Probable, by the yeah. Way. yeah. So uh, Aaron McNaughton,
6: him. one of our listeners, sent me some uh, <laughs> AFL gear, some Aussie football gear because uh, I like Australia. <laughs> Handle football. it offline, I gotta buddy. Him, I got to give him a shout-out. I'm just saying. We might never talk Jared
5: Haynes or Australia guy, again. That's a great story. Where's the rest of it?
6: That's oh. it. Did you
5: borrow that story from Russell Wilson? <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I'm just saying. Guys, stop
3: being mean to Sully.
6: I'm just
5: kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Sully knows I love him. He's I, knows, I put in uh, the request. So we got to have Sully. Uh, Sojourn back in the fall. Nah,
3: no, nah, no. Nah.
5: By the way, to button up Sammy Watkins, uh, Ian and, and various reports saying he could be back for the start of training camp, but it's a Jones fracture. Ooh. Same, in- same injury that kept Kevin Durant out for the whole season, and it's a tricky one because you just need to rest it. There's no real... A nightmare. Need to get over it. it's Total a, it's nightmare Not a good
3: scenario. situation for them. Hmm. Um, all right, that's what's happening in the news. All right, let's move right into it, guys. This is a segment called, Is It Time to Freak Out About? Aww. Wes, is from your era.
4: I'm the one who sent it to Sully to play. I
3: knew it. <laughs> this, I could see you like disco dancing in roller skates. At studio. It's called before.
4: La Freak. <laughs> Roller I, skates.
3: <laughs> I was not a good roller skater. Uh all right, so let's go around the horn a couple times here. We'll stick with NFC teams uh today and maybe we'll do AFC uh, later in the week. Um, or maybe not. You'll have to find out. But Mark, <laughs> get us going. Uh name someone, or you know, but of course start it with. Is it
2: Is it time to freak out about the Rams receiving core? Ooh. Got a question for you guys. I mean, they have a quarterback, but they haven't had an eight hundred yard receiver in 8 seasons. That's 800 hard to do. yards. That's
3: depressing. Wait, let me do the math. Um uh, 800 yards. So, like we've walked games. 800 yards today. So like No, I can't do the math. But it's really bad. So they they
2: drafted. That's like 40 yards a game you have to average or something, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it would be an unremarkable thing for someone to do in today's stats-driven NFL. It's outrageous. NFL.
5: For a second, I was like, well, what about Tavon Austin last year? Did he get anywhere close? He was at 473. He wasn't even in the ballpark. He so, had almost a 1,000 total. Total, years. right. They drafted Farrah Cooper in the fourth and Mike Thomas
2: in the sixth. But it's the, basically the same group of, uh, as Dan would say, ham and eggers yeah. that they had last year. <laughs> so I mean, Kenny Britt is still a thing in Ramsland. Time to freak out. Question mark. Yes,
5: yeah. there's no reason. you got to win with passing at some point in the NFL. And it's weird how much continuity this group has. Really, for three years here, Austin, Quick, and Britt are their guys. And that is not that is not a good one two three and you lose Jared Cook which is not a loss at all but you have Lance Kendricks as your tight end it doesn't get any better at tight end Ooh. either so it's not a lot of people to throw to for Jared Goff I think I think that's a big problem for them
4: I think Brian Quick is the big wild card here he had a shoulder injury so serious that it basically took out two years of his career and he's finally healthy again yeah he's got the most ability and size out of all those guys you never wow
5: well I More mean Austin Brett
4: yeah, he has more ability than Kenny Britt, who lost it on the operating table.
3: I was gonna say uh, when you should not be counting too much on a Kenny Britt. He's more like the guy if he could surprise you and give you a couple of good games during the year. But when you're asking him to be like a number one guy, I mean, this is a a unit in desperate need of a makeover.
5: I I thought they might go you know receiver early, but then you forget they have no early. Well, that's because right. it's Jared Goff. So that's just that's just what you signed up for this year. They would have been one of those teams that took Dotson or Treadwell,
2: I think, had they stuck where they were. But then we'd be killing them and asking them to, be, to freak out about their quarterback situation.
5: So you had to address something. Look, I think you could survive without a great wide receiver core. The Patriots certainly have, uh, if, you have if your quarterback's good enough, they're going to be a running team. They're going to be a defensive team. Uh, another thing with them I think is big, I guess it's a different, it's a different topic, but they drafted five offensive linemen last year. And if those five guys get better together, three three starters, 23 and under, it's like that's maybe where they can get better. You protect Goff. You find these these ham and eggers, as you say. Wes. Carolina Panthers, for a 15-1 and
4: team that was in the Super Bowl, well-coached, well-run organization, I found two areas that we might freak out about. Their secondary has lost three of their four starters from last season. Charles Tillman, uh. Jay, um Josh Norman and uh Roman Harper. Uh, I mean that we know they have a great front seven but is this going to be the same defense? As you?
5: Well, I'm not freaking out about that because on paper it's not good, but on paper going into last year, it was not good. I guess they had Josh Norman. That That's a difference, although we didn't know Josh Norman was quite Josh Norman yet. But this is something they've done under Gettleman, is almost changed their secondary. Every year, Football Outsiders did an, an interesting article about it that, that they think that's their advantage, that they can basically not spend in the defensive backfield and make it work, and so far they have. I mean, and they, they addressed cornerback in
2: the draft hard, and the – Forget rookie mini camps are not a time to get swayed by stuff. But the word coming out of Carolina was that they really feel like they got some good help at that position, and they drafted, you know, James Bradbury in round two, Daryl Worley in three, and then someone in the fifth round too. So they're going youth, and Gettleman teams are let's build up the middle on both sides of the ball, and it's not overpay defensive backs.
4: The other freak out is twenty-nine-year-old injury-prone Jonathan Stewart as your starting running back. And all you have behind him is Cameron Ortiz payne and Fozzie Whitaker. Ooh.
5: Yeah, that is – I think that's expecting too much of uh, Jay Stu. One of my favorite players of the last decade or so made a top 100 uh, debut last week. That's a big moment in anyone's career. But I think it's expecting too much for him to do that season all over again. And even if he did, that's not a good good couple of backups. Uh, I will now
3: throw in out there the Washington uh, football team um, – is it time to freak out about their backfield? Because Matt Jones, who's been talked up a little bit, um, I remember a couple of weeks ago or about a month ago, we're confident that Matt can handle the load. Uh, if, and I know we were high on him a little earlier la- uh, last year, but five fumbles last year and 169 touches averaged less than 3.5 yards a carry. So there really, maybe there were some flashes, but this guy did not put out good tape. You let Alfred Morris go, and I guess he had fallen out of favor in Washington, and wasn't maybe the same guy when he first came into the league. But you know, behind Matt Jones, you have uh, talk about Hamanegers, Chris Thompson, Mac Brown, Keith Marshall. I think I went to high school with that guy, Rob Kelly. Who the hell is Rob Kelly? Uh, it's a time to freak
2: out about Washington's backfield.
4: <laughs> well, we just talked about the Panthers' backfield. These might be the two shallowest backfields in the league.
2: It is like uh, it is a position where suddenly, by week six, we're talking about someone that it, it, the year before you knew had no idea who he was—a rookie. I mean, I think Matt Jones can be if he plays at his better moments from last season, and he stayed healthy. You've got a good running back. You lose him, you might be in—you might be in the running to go, you know, take Trent Richardson away from the Ravens. <laughs>
3: we <laughs> we don't even have evidence he can be on the field at this point, Matt Jones. If if you're putting the ball on the carpet as much as he's done. I mean, that could ruin his career. So we have to see if he can hold on to the ball. But I don't know. I mean, Alfred Moore I guess Alfred Morris must have – they must have no viewpoint on him as a guy in the future to let him go because there was really nothing
5: left behind. I'm surprised about that. I'm surprised they didn't add more. I guess they like Chris Thompson, who was their third, a, third down he's back. He's a good
4: third down back, but you're not going to use him as a starter
5: if something happens to Jones. By the way, shallowest backfields in the league. I'll, I'll, I'll take your Redskins. I'll raise you the Dolphins. Jay Ajayi and Kenyon Drake 1-2. It feels they a tried. It feels and a little thinner. They I tried. like JJ, but yeah, but
3: okay. you're forgetting that they're gonna overspend for Aaron
5: Foster in about four <laughs> to eight weeks. Uh, all right, you're up, Greg. Uh, is it time? And I know this is strange because look, this is this is our team last year, the team around the NFL. Mm, uh Oh, you're gonna get Wes angry. I can. It's tell. also it's also the team that Football Outsiders projects. Oh, that's what I like to hear. It's also the team Football Outsiders. The relationship between Greg and Sully
3: is slowly coming back. Well,
5: it's
2: frosty, let's not lie. (laughs) Uh,
5: Football Outsiders projected them uh, in their recent uh, rankings previewing the season as the best team in the league, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, getting the most wins. So they're very good in a lot of spots. But I have two spots. Is it time to freak out about their tackle situation? They have one tackle on the roster that has ever played in an NFL game. That seems crazy. That seems almost impossible, but that is true. They don't. And That's Jared Valdir, a very good left tackle. They're going to be starting their first-round pick, DJ Humphreys, from a year ago at right tackle. And this isn't the same
3: Cardinals with a 38-year-old quarterback coming off double ACL surgeries in his career. Oh.
4: 36-year-old. Well, uh, he's not 36. coming off the injury right now. Coming <laughs> no, no, I mean off a runner-up was,
3: MVP. Season. My, my point is is that you're. it's not a fleet of foot uh, guy behind center. He
4: had better pocket mobility last year than any season in his career. That's true. A well, strange. we saw It's a, a little strange
5: that they don't have like a third tackle at all. I guess Earl Watford can play tackle. Yeah, he has before. I guess he's, he's slated. But to you, you're talking about a problem where, okay, that's
4: fine. Our offensive line, we're, we just picked up an all-pro guard in Evan Mathis, and we're sliding in
2: a first-round talent at right tackle. And you've got Mike Iupati at left guard. I mean, if, here's the thing. If DJ Humphreys comes in and he can start at right tackle and he's solid, you have no problem. Not with the rest of this line. You have no problem if it stays healthy. If you get hit with injuries – like a lot of NFL
5: lines you're you're running for the hills. Okay, well how about this? You guys aren't buying that. Are you guys <laughs> freaking out about the fact that Justin Bethel is their number 2 cornerback and their number 3 cornerback is I have no idea. I really don't see anyone on the roster that that's played quality snaps at cornerback. That is that is as as thin a cornerback group, very deep at safety, but as thin a cornerback group as any team in the league. Greg's got the Cardinals at 7 and 9. No, I like the Cardinals.
4: I'll buy that one, but I think they're probably counting on Tyron Matthew playing some cornerback. Yep, that's and true. I had a well-placed team source tell me that Whoa! He, was, he wasn't too happy with Justin Bethel as the starting cornerback. Ooh, and he just had surgery by the way, me too, too Justin Bethel. What? Hey, I go on airplanes. <laughs>
3: I talk to coaches like Mark does. Is, that, is this your first dropped source uh, on the podcast? It might be. What an MVP move. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Back around we top the horn. How that? Greg, uh, Mark Sessler, you're up.
2: <laughs> All right. Is it time to freak out about something we have been freaking out a little bit? Should we still be freaking out about the 49ers quarterback situation? I want to tell you why. Greg forwarded to me a very fascinating, what uh, I would, I, would I call it, a column an editorial. Greg, it was a, it was a column. Basically, here we go. Grant Cohn from the Santa Rosa Press Democrat raised an interesting question about the Forty ers Does the team want Blaine Gabbert to win the job in an effort to punish Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> Cone points to the fact that you can barely find a photo of Kaepernick on the team's website currently, mm. and this is during a bunch of rookie minicamps. Not a single picture of Kaepernick anywhere in any team activity, <laughs> writes our man Cone. We see Blaine Gabbert walking to practice as the sun sparkles on his face and he smiles. Well, he's hot. Happy Gabbert. He's wearing a backward hat. A few pictures later, we see serious Gabbert practicing his play action fake. And then we see him throwing a football. We see him with his hands on his hips. Gabbert Gabbert looking at the camera. Gabbert jumping in the air. Gabbert standing in the pocket. Gabbert scanning the field. I hate saying this guy's name. We see a lot of Gabbert. The creators of this game bombard you with the <laughs> blonde-haired quarterback, but where's Colin? He well, suggests that the, he suggests that the Niners want Colin Kaepernick to fade into the background in quotes and drop off the edge. Do- agree? It, Wait,
3: doesn't he have? Uh, is he re- recovering from shoulder surgery? Or-
5: he, he's at. That's the thing that he seems like he's stretching here a little bit. He's this ain't at, my theory. He's a he's little at, bit. He's at the practices, <laughs> but he's not playing. So he's just kind of watching. Uh, the The part that was interesting. He says, "I bet the Niners want Colin to lose the quarterback competition." Okay, I could buy that. I think the front office is tired of him. His teammates are tired of him too, and they basically want to stick it in. Kaepernick knows that this is what happens when you go against the big bad Forty ers We're gonna rub your your face in it. I think Wait, you he, don't believe it. That seems maybe maybe he says he thinks he wants to bear it, embarrass him and make an example. If, I think that's a terrible way to run a franchise. Nobody said it was a good way to do it. But the hatred is real between
4: these two sides, and I've been saying that for months. Um. Ah. Are you citing a team source
3: on that?
5: I well I think I'm citing common sense. Oh, I think get him get If that's how you feel, get him off the roster. I know the money's guaranteed. That's your fault. Wait, look, they lost their leverage play. Kaepernick
4: lost his leverage and John Elway beat both the 49ers and Kaepernick. Who who well, you guys who do you guys
3: pick to start week one? Gabbert. Gabbert. Dan? Um now, after Mark read that, I, now I'm really thinking it could be. Good. Well, I don't
5: think Grant Cohn is some. Well, great in fairness, course. Grant Cohn, I, if I you look back guys. through his archives, has an anti-Kaepernick uh, agenda through the years. Well,
2: uh, to one thing, something. if Brady were nursing a shoulder surgery, but he were on the sideline, do you think Patriots.com would have? Oh no, can't have a picture of Tom Brady. Wait, because he's in not being dissipated. This is in 49ers.com, is it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, wow, I yeah, 49ers.com. I, I think if
3: it's an actual competition. Um, I think Ka- Kaepernick has a good chance to win it. But I don't even know if he's going to be healthy enough to really compete. And, you know, that that will. The one thing I'd
2: out. say matters is the locker room matters. And, and I know that it's the time of overly glowing reports, but the teammates of Blaine Gabbert have been talking him up, saying that he's been plugged in. He's been their leader. Where Kaepernick's off on this different quest, that can all change between now like and a, the season. Kind of an
3: off-season trope, though, right? It Did does. I just
2: said, I agree with that. but Chip Kelly's quotes on Gabbert last week?
3: I don't listen to that guy.
4: The one thing that jumped out right away was just how athletic Blaine was. We did not play against him when I was in Philly, so this is my really my first exposure to him. But I think his athleticism is the first thing that jumped out at me.
3: How are you furnishing uh, Gabbert's place in your um, stable of boys? I'm,
4: I don't. He's not in it. Carpet or it. he's not in it. I just artwork. think he's going to win the. I, Colin. Colin Kaepernick got benched for a reason last year.
5: And I and I think that blank, I kind of agree yeah. that the
4: organization is not sold on him, there, and he
5: doesn't want to be there. There's still part. I agree with that, and I and Gabbert might be the week one starter. I don't think it matters that much because I think they'll both start at least five games each. Don't you want to think back to what you thought of about Colin Kaepernick in 2013, and think a little bit back to what you thought of Chip Kelly in 2014 or 15, and putting those two guys together? Couldn't that at least have a chance to be something? Yes, cool. it could, but what I would yeah, also – At least can't we have that
2: as a possibility? I yes, think it's possible. I would also factor in that these aren't just chess pieces, that when your quarterback spends all offseason trying to get out of your organization, that people, especially in the front office and the coaches and your teammates, take this stuff personally. This is meant to be your leader, and he doesn't want to be there. That's, that's poisonous. That's negative. What makes
5: you think that Colin Kaepernick is a better fit for Chip Kelly's system than Blaine Gabbert is? Nothing. I mean, just that I've seen Kaepernick succeed at the NFL level, and I haven't seen. I think Gabbert play, had moments last year. I think he got a little over overplayed, especially if you watch his last few games.
3: You said that you wanted Kaepernick to, um, or you could see Kaepernick wanting to stick it in their nose. <laughs> I think it's stick it in their ear.
2: <laughs> I said that. Well, the, they would both hurt depending it's like an what, hour ago. depending what it is. That would not be pleasant. What's with the orifice? Um,
3: uh, Wes, you're up.
2: Well, I think we look at uh, Greg. Wait,
3: before you, to answer Mark's question, yes, it is time to freak out about the Forty ers quarterback. <laughs> yes, I don't care who's playing; it's time to freak.
5: Kaepernick does have a prominent beak, by the way. I mean, so maybe that's what damn some, bro. Subconscious. Wow,
3: That was a little over the line.
5: Greg's favorite team,
4: the Seattle Seahawks, the best in the league. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Should we be freaking out about the fact that their offensive line? We will not have a single starter playing the same position this year as last
5: year. I'm gonna say no, if only because their offensive line has been lousy this whole Carroll run. I someone wrote it, I'm not sure who. Like the, it's almost been like an experiment to see how good can your NFL team be without a without a halfway decent offensive line. That's what the entire Carroll Schneider era seems like it's been. It's weird how bad it is, how little they fix it year after year. Well, I think they've decided, a lot of teams
4: decide, we have to give up we have to surrender some part of our roster putting resources into that area if we're going to do it in other areas. And they rely totally on Russell Wilson's elusiveness and Tom Cable's ability to coach up an offensive line. Maybe
3: they're offensive line proof, which is not something you hear a lot. But Because Russell Wilson was literally unstoppable in the last half of last season. Thomas Rawls, before he broke his leg, was running like one of the top five running backs in the entire league. And that was behind not a great line either. So... Maybe
2: they just Fair have enough. the right skill set. Well, one, I mean, only two quarterbacks were sacked more than Russell Wilson last year. So there is a cost. And if it ends up with Russell Wilson getting injured because of faulty protection, then the season is basically a disaster.
5: I mean, they've invested picks. They took a first and a third round pick this year. They took a second round pick last year, who's now moving to center. They're moving their right tackle to left tackle. I went through this for projected start. There's competition at all five positions. I don't think there's one locked up spot. It's just like wide, wide open. They'll see what happens. Tom Cable.
3: That offensive line is more jittery than the uh, GOP. Am I right, guys?
5: (laughs) Whoa.
3: (laughs) Political podcast coming up a little later this summer. Tune in. Greg, (laughs) last one.
5: Oh, well, you don't have a second one?
3: No, we're on time. We're short on time. Okay. This is how I got the MVP award, selflessness.
5: That's smart of you. Uh, My thing. (laughs) Whatever works. (laughs) My thing uh, that I'm not. That I. All I'm right, here we go, me, Greg. Here let's we do go. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're confusing me.
3: All right, is it Greg's time realized, to freak man. out
5: about? Is it time to freak out about the Cowboys' front seven, especially their defensive line. Demarcus Lawrence suspended, coming off back surgery. Uh, Randy Gregory suspended. I have no idea who's going to be starting for them at defensive end. You have Tyrone Crawford, who's a pretty good player. Cedric Thornton's from Philadelphia. No depth. You took a couple mid-round picks. You also have guys like Sean Lee and Rolando McClain, who are great players at linebacker. But those are boomer bust guys that have had injury problems or suspension problems. It feels like this whole thing could be great or it could just blow up. It's a boomer bust So front seven. Is it time to freak out about the front seven?
3: Their top two edge rushers are suspended. That's horrible. Yes. Right? And I say yes because and don't not, forget about
6: Jalen Smith too. I mean, he's he's going to sit out of here. Yeah, he,
3: he's not in the right. Equation. He's done. And right. I'm going to take it even further, Greg. You could freak out about their entire defense because their secondary kind of stinks too, doesn't I mean, you're keeping Brandon Carr. What else needs to be said? I mean, this whole defense is is potentially Swiss cheese.
2: Yeah, when you get to this point in the off season where free agency and the draft have passed you by, and you had a lot of plans in in place, and they've, they a lot of things have now gone wrong, and you don't have a way to address
5: it, it's freak out time. I think their offensive starting lineup is maybe as good as any in football, or y- y- they can certainly believe that. But they're going to have to score, you know, 30 points a game again, be an offensive team. What and you pray make their quarterback
3: out? stays upright. Yeah, I mean, uh, anything you could assume. Going against the grain
4: here, so they have to just make it through the first month of the season without those two top pass rushers.
2: Well,
5: if they if they do that, then we can lower the free Well, I think Lawrence looks like he's going to be a good NFL player. Is he a guy that's the best pass rusher on a? team that goes deep in the playoffs you know we'll see randy gregory hasn't shown anything yet that we have no idea if he's going to be what kind of player they did
4: pick up benson mayoa however you pronounce his name as a restricted free agent uh from i believe the raiders yeah um i I agree pass rushing is an issue i think this team is going to rely on what they did in 2014 convert a bunch of third downs on offense keep the other team off the field and Uh, decrease the exposure of their defense.
3: A lot of pressure on that offense. A lot of pressure.
5: Luckily, they play in a horrible division. It will help. Football outsiders, for what it's worth, I'm giving them a lot of free plugs. I just thought this was interesting. They projected the Cowboys to have 9.6 wins, which is pretty high for them. That's conservative. No one else in the division above six. Six? So they have a huge gap between Dallas and the rest of the division which is really I have is, the same thing. You do? I think the Cowboys are the clear favorites in this division. So uh,
3: Washington they they win the division last year, have a breakout season from their quarterback. They go get George, Josh Norman who falls into their laps and they're going to collapse and be a, a far worse team? Well,
5: yeah. they're not going to have a really
3: easy schedule this time around.
5: That's
4: part Well, of but neither it. will the, the rest NFC's. of the division.
2: Hmm? neither will the rest of the division. Okay. I
4: just think the Cowboys are a much better I don't disagree
2: in the sense that you're getting your starting quarterback and a healthy Des Bryant back in the house. That's right. a completely different offense than last year. Right. There's not a – And a, and a first-round
5: running back. Yeah. There is, There is more to clearly be excited about with the Cowboys than any other team in that division.
3: They're flashy as always. So it's like there's we don't know if there's substance there, but there's it's there's reasons to be compelled by them. Are they, They've gotten very good at that. Is
4: their defensive personnel any worse than it was two years ago when they ran away with the division? Because their offense is better, in my opinion. Wow.
5: And I thought you were going to go, is their defensive personnel any worse than, let's say, the Redskins? which I would say no is the answer.
4: Well, I I might take the Redskins' defense over them, but it's not a huge difference.
2: You know who's not getting an MVP award? No. And who didn't, unfortunately? Greg. He is seven minutes late for a meeting that he uh, said he had to get to on time.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. That means we should go. Got to keep Greg employed. Um, That's important. The boss nominated us. Now we would never be MVPs if Greg didn't <laughs> nominate us. And for that, we should be eternally great. When you use those gift cards, uh, wherever they're for, it, to get like a yogurt down the street. We should like
4: all use course. our gift cards to buy Greg presents. That well, that's,
2: uh, that's already what that I'm That would be too. strange.
3: One of the all time moves by Greg. What a mensch.
2: If, if <laughs> someone didn't spend it on you, I think you'd I know you know what you have in that person. It only took me three years. By the way,
5: Mark had one before. It caused a lot of controversy. I remember. Yeah, it was uh, not, was not
2: worth it on any level. It was that was y- not one of your better management moves. Well, well
5: there yeah. were there were extenuated circumstances. I'm not even going to get into it. I got to go to a meeting. <laughs> I'm right. out of here. All
3: right, Mar- uh, Greg's gone. Um, Started the last show without
5: you. I'm leaving this show.
3: Yeah, it's probably for the best <laughs> at this point. <laughs> now you did remind me that it took this long to get one MVP. Been with the company for almost six years. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Um, (laughs) We will be back on Wednesday uh, with another show. um, And uh, we'll talk about football, I assume. Uh, We'll talk about um, our personal lives probably a little bit. Um, A little mirth will be in there. It's that kind of – it's that mix that people like, Wes. And the softball team, I'm sure, is going to come up as well.
4: Oh, yeah. Softball team, we've been – there are moves happening.
3: We can feel the momentum
4: building. We need to see some wins happening.
3: Momentum's building, Mark. Don't give up on us, Dad. This is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss in Absentia, and Sully behind the glass. Thanks, buddy. Till Wednesday.
4: I was not a good roller skater.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
1: come iHeart.